to the Strong Life Coach podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Alexia Dominguez. Alexia, welcome to the show. Hi, Derek. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. All right. I'm excited, too. I'm excited about our conversation. If you're listening in, I want you to know a little bit about Alexia. Alexia Dominguez is one of the owners and partners at Smith Dominguez PLLC in Raleigh, North Carolina. She focuses her practice on business law matters, real estate, and family law. She is passionate about providing accessible legal information and helping people start acting and growing their goals. Alexia, what inspired you to become an attorney? Well, I think a lot of people say this, but the desire to help others. So originally I thought I would do that by becoming a doctor. And then once I was an undergrad, I realized that was not the path for me, like so many of us do. Um, And so then I turned to real estate. I actually got my broker's license while I was still in college, but I didn't know if that was like the right path for me. I was just trying to find an alternative. And then I realized that North Carolina is like a, in a, an attorney has to do the closing for um, a home purchase. And so I thought that that transaction was more attractive to me than actually marketing and being out there selling the homes. And so I decided to give law school a shot and I figured that that would also give me the opportunity to help others in other areas as well. So it was kind of fulfilling both of those passions for me. Nice. You know, when when I hear about people in their journey, having one initial dream or goal and then having the, I think about the, the confidence to pivot, you know, I think that's what I hear in your story is, is, hey, it was, it was going toward the, the doctor route and then being okay with pivoting that vision or that dream or that goal into something else, which was actually your, your actual pivot was from doctor to real estate broker. And then it was this other element of pivoting over to an attorney. So if, if people were listening and say, hey, like what helped you, what helped you to feel confident in the pivots you made along in your journey? What helped you with that? It was, it was tough. There was a lot of pressure. I don't know. My family is, we're, we're an immigrant family. And so there was a lot of pressure, you know, for me to not only just, you know, go to college and finish, but to have an actual career. And so the moment I was like, oh, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I was kind of like, okay, so then what? And I didn't really have a plan. And so I did feel like an enormous amount of pressure to figure it out pretty quickly. And I guess I just kind of took a leap of faith and I was like, okay, I really, I like the real estate aspect of it. Um, and if that's not a career I'm totally 100% in love with, then the next best thing would be to do the closings, you know? And then, so I just took a leap of faith and I was like, that's my next plan. And once I landed in law school, uh, it was just like a great fit for me. So mm-hmm. it was hard. It was hard. And it was a lot of faith and it was a lot of, I don't know if this is the best advice, but it was a lot of like putting on blinders and being like, this is the plan I chose and this is what I'm going to stick to. Mm-hmm. Of course, always being open to new and better things, but also not wavering from saying, this is the plan. I know I can do it. I can get through this and just, you know, going for it. Yes. And you, and you mentioned a detail I think a lot of people relate to, which is pressure, whether the pressure they give on themselves or even what you describe as that other social pressure, which is the pressure from family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the expectations again, like um, I've talked to enough people to know there are families that have uh, little to no expectations, and there's families like the way you're describing where there's an expectation that you do something again. Like those two or even three ambitions, those are, those are pretty big deals. You know, doctors not 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 like a small deal. That's a pretty big deal. Attorneys mm-hmm. also big deal. 
um, broker in, 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 in some of that same light. Um, but I, I think people understand what that pressure is like. And I love how you said, said the leap of faith, because sometimes we want steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, aligned for us before we step, we take steps one, two, three. But mm-hmm. I think your story illustrates sometimes it's, well, I don't really know necessarily step three, four, five, six, seven, but I'm going to take one step at a time and move. Um, but I'm, I'm glad your, uh, your calling revealed itself to you. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad I took that leap of faith because it really has been a really good fit for me and what I want for my life and my goals. And it's just been really good so far. Yes. Now, what, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I like the day-to-day challenge. Like every day, something different can pop up. And I think, I don't know about others that work, you know, in a bigger law firm, but because uh, I own a firm with my partner, we have a little bit more flexibility in what we do and the cases that we choose to do. So I like the day-to-day challenge and everything can be different from day-to-day. So one day I can be working on like purely transactional things. And then the next day we could be doing like a divorce. So I like that challenge of, you know, figuring out what are, what do we have to do today? What is, where is this going to take us? And like really connecting with people too, especially with um, my Hispanic clients. I love talking to them, helping walk them through whatever it is that they need, whether it be like setting up a business or if they're going through, you know, a painful divorce, but just being able to, you know, be there for them and answer their questions and especially in the language that they're most comfortable in. I think that's really rewarding for me. Mm, I like it. I like hearing about it. I think uh, hearing about the variety and what you get to do, it's something, again, having conversations with people, I know sometimes people describe like they're banging their head on the wall as they're, uh, as they're doing the same thing over and over again. But, but, but I think um, there's a vibrance and variety of the, the way you're, you're describing. And you mentioned your partnership and I'm, I'm curious about that one as well. Like, so how did, you, how did you decide to go the partnership route when it came to your, the law firm? Right, so uh, going into law school, I had the idea of you know, doing the closings, but that was, I don't know, once I actually got there, I, I realized that I didn't really know what a lawyer did, right? So, because I had never met one in my entire life and much less a Latina lawyer. So I didn't know what I was actually doing, but I knew I was, you know, I could do the work and I was going to make it work. Um, so along the way, on my very first day, I met Ajane, who's my current partner in um, our law firm. And she was the total opposite. She had known that she wanted to be a lawyer since forever. And she knew she wanted to open up a law firm. And so I met her and she was like, yeah, we're going to be friends and I'm going to open up a law firm. And um, as our friendship started to grow and as we started to get to know each other, it just became natural that we would open the law firm together. Mm. So it was kind of just like a given. I love it. I love it. So you said the first day of law school? Very first day. Yeah. Wow. That, that is incredible. Um, you know what I love about it? And uh, you, you let me know your, your perspective on this because... A number of, I mean, my mom's told me this. She was telling me that in her, in my mom's world, seeing a bunch of other um, Hispanic business or, you know, Latino business owners, mm-hmm. um, the, the thing that she sees as a deficit is the lack of collaboration, partnership, it, you know, in, in what they do. And in other words, let's help one another. Let's partner in this uh, venture and, uh, and she, she comments about what I do. And in my mom's phrase, she goes, she goes, for my mom, she goes, most of the people she, she sees collaborating in partnership, again, in my mom's world has been white people. So she's told me, hey, like 
you're building a business as you collaborate, whether it's podcasting or a bunch of other things that I'm involved with. She's going like, you're, she, it's, a, it was a, it's a compliment, but she was just, it's a, it was also some commentary from a cultural perspective. But I think I'm saying all of that. They can tell me, give me your thoughts. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that you went the route of partnership and I can see how that's, that synergy is only going to help you to grow and blossom more. I agree. Yeah, I feel like um, as we got to know each other in law school, we got to see if we would be a good fit working together. Mm -hmm. And we are, thankfully, we're very different, but the way that we work together works. And so I'm very thankful for the partnership. And I feel like if I hadn't gone through this in a partnership, maybe I wouldn't have done it as soon, you know, because I would be like doubting myself. But there's always now someone that you can like, you know, talk to about what's going on. Because I mean, this is ours at the end of the day. It's like hers and mine. So we have to make it work and we have to collaborate together. And it's just been so beautiful because when it's a win for me, it's not just a win for me, it's a win for her as well. Mm-hmm. So we get to celebrate each other and we get to, you know, when something's not working for the other, we get to walk through that together. And I wish there was more of that, not just, you know, in, in partnerships like ours, but also in like the community. So the, I don't know, I wish there was like a bigger network of like collaborating uh Latinx lawyers in this area because there are, you know, Latinx lawyers, but there isn't like, you know, a Latino lawyer association or something locally that, you know, you could get together with and, you know, talk about what you're going through or just help each other. And I feel like that would be very beneficial. Mm, okay. You're, you're speaking right to my world. So, so look, look out for, you know, what I'm going to be putting together soon. So, um, <laughs> but no, no, I think it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm excited about um, where you guys are going to be, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, uh, again, I'm a big proponent of collaboration. And I think the, um, I think almost like that double-edged sword or like of, of people who have the confidence to step out on their own in their own law firm by themselves as a solo, mm-hmm. um, that confidence again, is a good positive thing in a lot of, in a lot of, um, from a lot of angles, but that third party perspective that you get with your partnership on an ongoing basis, because both of you have skin in the game, both of you want it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine the insight you are able to help with one another, you, you're seeing it one way, she's seeing it another way, and you're able to really maximize your gifts and strengths to make great decisions together. Definitely. It's definitely um, a wonderful thing. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm so thankful to her. Mm-hmm. And for podcast listeners, um, I'll have Alexia's partner, her, her business partner on, on, on another episode and her and I will be recording a day from now, my time. It might be a week space out from the podcast listeners perspective, but um, tune in for that episode as well to get the other angle of the, this partnership. <laughs> so Alexia, how did you decide to focus in business law, real estate and family? Okay. So I'll start with the family um, portion. There's a lot, um, a lot of the calls that we get for family law are from Hispanic or Latinx clients. So it makes sense for me to, you know, help them if that's what they need. And that's something that I enjoy doing, then, um, then why not? So that's why I do the family aspect of it. So a lot of divorces, uh, walking through like child parenting agreements, all that stuff. That's what the need is that we're seeing in this area. And it's something that I actually like doing. As far as the business, I'm more of a transactional person. Like I'm not, you probably won't see me in the courtroom like litigating, that's not my cup of tea. I'm more of a shy, reserved kind of person. So I like, I actually enjoy like looking at contracts. A lot of people find that boring, but I like 
the interplay of like what the words mean because like the wording that you use is so important in these types of contracts so I, that's what I enjoy I like you know sitting at my desk and figuring out what's the best way to phrase this to get the client what they want or what they need and so I like that type of transactional work and like working directly with the client but outside of the courtroom setting and as for real estate that's like a new practice area for me that we're adding and that stems from, you know, me getting my broker's license and actually liking that work, but not wanting to sell the houses. So it kind of all came together nicely. And I feel like they interplay pretty well, you know, the business and like a lot of people starting businesses own houses, you know, or they, you know, they're looking to expand, sell their home, buy a bigger one or whatever it is. So I feel like there's a good interplay there. And there's a really good interplay too um, with the work that my partner does. So it all kind of works together. It's very good synergy. Mm. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, what, I, what I'm hearing from you in describing the details that, that you're interested in, I, I love your awareness because in each area of the law that you were describing, you're like, you know what, I like the contracts, but I don't like the again, litigation or I like elements of real estate, but I don't want to be selling houses. And, and I think there's a lesson there for our podcast listeners that, that self-awareness, it, it's pivotal for your overall holistic success and figuring out what you like to do. And it, people say it all day long. And I know there's always like debate about, okay, how much to focus on what you like and what you're passionate about versus everything else. But I think your story illustrates figuring out what you really like to do and then um, create a world around what you like to do. And then again, in your world with a partnership to find somebody else who maybe likes to do what you don't like to do and be able to work together in a beautiful way. But again, to the podcast listeners, I just want you to think about um, Alexia's story for me illustrates like having the cake and eating it too. And you could get both and you could be, be you could have a career that's, um, um, that's prestigious, but you could also could create a world where you actually like what you're doing. I agree. I feel like self-awareness is important if you're, you know, going into business for yourself, not just, you know, in a law firm, but, you know, just knowing yourself really well, what works for you and what you actually want to do is, owning and running a business is it's a lot of work and it's hard work and you want it to be in something that you're passionate about you don't want to be stuck you know doing something that you don't like every day so I feel like from the very beginning that's something we were very intentional about like talking about what kind of life we wanted to lead and what we needed to do to get there and so every decision that we make like adding practice areas or you know stepping back from something that we were doing before it's really towards like is this the life that we want to live and I think from the very beginning, we've been very intentional. So since we decided, you know, years ago that we wanted to go into practice together and open up a law firm, we've been talking about it, even down to the little details, like what we wanted our office to look like. And I feel like that really helped us keep motivated and it kept us in perspective of what the long-term vision was so that whatever we were going through at the time, you know, didn't really matter, you know, cause yeah. it was like a stepping stone to where we wanted to be. Yes. I think she gave us a question there, podcast listeners. She gave us a question of, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to be doing with your time? Because I, again, at, at one point when I was asking people about their career, about their passion, about if they're in their, their, their dream space, and I know everybody doesn't get, get to do it, but, a lot of, but there's a lot of people who can make their situation better. So podcast listeners, what's that one step for you moving forward to, to create the world that you want to live in. So to create the, your, your dream life that Alexia is describing right now, and, it's, it, and I'm big on this taking one step. What's, think about that one step for you, podcast listener, 
And what that was that one step to create more of the world in the dream life that you want to live in. I agree. Sometimes I think we can get so lost in like the bigger picture, like this is where I want to end up that it seems overwhelming. But if you break it down into those little steps, Mm -hmm. as soon as you like start completing them, it just starts, you know, you're on a path, you're on a roll and there's no other choice than to, you know, get what you want. Yes. Yes. What has been one challenge that you faced as an attorney and have you, and then that you've overcome? Um, I feel like um, a lot of self-doubt at the beginning because law school is a lot different from practicing. So in law school, you learn uh, a lot of valuable skills that we use on the daily, but it's a lot different than from, you know, opening up your office and having clients come in and being like, this is my issue. What do I do? Or, or can you help me? And it's a lot different from what we actually learn. So at the beginning, there was a lot of self-doubt, like, can I actually do this? But the answer is yes, you can actually do this. So you just have to get over that, you know, that hump of self-doubt. And it's persistent. It's not like it's ever going to go away as, you know, you expand and you practice, you know, in new areas or you, you know, meet new clients. It doesn't ever really go away. And I think that's a good thing because I feel like if you finally get to the point where you're like, I got this, then that's when things start to slip up, you know, if you're not careful about what you're doing. But yeah, I feel like in the beginning, it was a lot of self-doubt and it was unwarranted because of course we can do this. Of course, we've been doing this and it's been it's been going really well. And I feel like other attorneys really face this as well. You know, it's just and not just attorneys, I guess it's in whatever endeavor you're doing. If you know you're prepared, if you know, you know, you've done the work, you're committed to growing, to being better, then yes, you can do it. Mm, get the motivational speaker out right here, Alexia. <laughs> you're doing it. I love it. I love it. Um, self-doubt. I think, right, I think that is a, uh, to your point, I think that's a universal human condition that we could all face and experience at various times in our world. Um, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording, even about um, podcasting and about um, even the specific niche that I've been, working, been building out of, you know, interviewing, um, you know, uh, Latinx attorneys um, and specifically the Latina attorneys. And, but in the beginning, it was like, well, I mean, you don't, I don't know if anybody's gonna say yes to interviews. I mean, in the beginning, it was, well, I started off with like one or two attorneys I interviewed months ago. And I said, all right, I'm, they're, they're, they're on my pages. And let me just start asking people and see what happens. And then so we're here, you know, we're whatever, 20 episodes in. But I'm just to your point about self-doubt. I think there was, especially when something's new, because you don't have some of the history of, oh, well, I've done this before, so I could do this again. This is I mean, when you're taking on new ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of that doubt can certainly creep in, but I love what you talked about was preparation of knowing mm-hmm. that you've prepared yourself um, enough that uh, you are up to the task at hand. And it still comes up. I mean, we're, I think I'd like to think that we're still, you know, we're still relatively new. Our firm is just about a year old and everything, everything has been going okay so far, like really good. But um, there will be moments, you know, where people will question you. Like I, I get phone calls all the time when, you know, we're looking for an attorney for this. And then we start talking and the relationship seems like it's going to, you know, take off. And then they're like, oh, how experienced are you? And of course, you know, you have to be honest about it. You know, we've been in business for about a year. And then people were like, oh, I don't think you're experienced enough. I'm going to, you know, look for another attorney. And, you know, if we weren't confident in ourselves, if we didn't really believe that we could do it, that could really get to you. But, you mm. know. I mean, everybody has their preface and if they want, you know, a more established attorney, that's fine, but that shouldn't affect how I feel about it. Cause I know that I'm doing good work. 
I know that I'm putting in the work to, you know, be better to eventually become, you know, a more well-established attorney. So I don't know, I guess it's just don't let the little things get to you. And another thing that I feel like we face as of women of color running a business is that a lot of people will mistake us for either the secretary or the paralegal and I'll get a lot of phone calls too, where it's like, no, I want to speak to the attorney. And I'm like, no, I'm the attorney. Or if we were out and then we're at the courthouse or something and it's like, oh, you know, the paralegals, you know, should direct you to this office or something. It's like, no, we're the attorneys. So it can get to you sometimes, but, you know, like we said, just, you know, you're confident in yourself, you know, that you can do it. Mm. And all you have to do is, you know, tell yourself that you're prepared and you got it. Yes. Yes. You know, you've mentioned, you mentioned that a number of other um, attorneys of color um, have mentioned the concept as well, like being mistaken for the interpreter, nothing wrong with being an interpreter, but that's, it's different. Um, Or, or um, the, the, um, or even the assistant. Oh, 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 surely you're the assistant. You're not the actual one. Um, but I know those are like small blows to the psyche. And I appreciate you acknowledging them. Um, because again, like, I think, you know, having, um, having those moments, and I think the, the power in recognizing, back to awareness, I think, where, what that feels like to have somebody say, and from their limited perspective, hey, well, you're not, your experience isn't enough for me. I'm going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But, but to realize that I, th- I think as each year comes on, one, like grow- growing in that, but two, um, I think reflecting on, on those moments, I think they're so precious, even they're negative moments, but they're precious because um, as you're early out in the journey, yeah, everything is going to be a new experience. But I think you'll, you'll, you'll have that story forever. Like I remember when I was told. Mm-hmm. that um when i was when i felt like i wasn't good enough or experienced enough and then um you're still going and still moving which is always a beautiful thing for me i agree it could be hard when you know when someone says or what they do makes you like momentarily believe like you don't belong or that you're like not enough but then you just have to be confident in yourself and be like, no, I do belong. And this is actually why it's important to have, you know, more Latina lawyers so that these things don't happen. Or it's confident to be in your, it's good to be confident in yourself to say like, okay, yeah, I'm not as experienced as everybody else, but I'm going to get there eventually. Mm. And, and le- le- let me ask a detail about what you mentioned. So you talk about being a year old as a law firm, naturally your year overlapped with the pandemic. So <laughs> uh, to talk about like, what it's been like in year, you know, year one of your law firm while going to the pandemic, like, what has that been like? It, it was, yeah, I mean, it's been a difficult year for everyone, but I feel like uh, we were doing okay. We, uh, you know, we just a couple months in, you know, from when we opened our actual physical location um, and we were set to, you know, we thought we were, you know, on a good path and then the pandemic hit and it was, it was hard. It was hard, you know, figuring out like the courts were closed for a while. So that stalled. And of course, there was a lot of unhappy clients about, you know, why is this taking so long when it's like actually not, you know, anything that you can control. Uh, but the growth too, at, at, it didn't, it wasn't as fast as we would have liked or we would have projected because of the pandemic. And that's understandable. But I think it's also, it's good to be aware of like what you're doing and what you could be doing and then what you can't really control. So I feel like we focused on what we could really control. And I think we were also prepared to, because a lot of law firms, they um, they struggled a bit, like going online, like switching to like the cloud or whatever cloud-based products. And we were already there. 
because we, I mean, in going back to building our dream life, uh, we want to get to a point where we can work from anywhere one day. So we were like, we're going to set this all up on the cloud, you know, so that we could be anywhere and be working on our projects. And so we didn't really suffer um, in having to, you know, transfer to a cloud-based system like so many law firms did. So I was really thankful in that regard. But as far as like growing as fast as we had anticipated, it, it wasn't there for a while. But thankfully, things are like, you know, back on track now. Good, good, good. You know, when I think about what you just said, even that, that perspective of experience, because especially um, being younger um, and then like for, you know, our generation, right, like growing up with all the, all this technology, all the technology, you know, um, and I think how that's served as such an advantage for you to pivot quickly, your, the, the business to pivot into the cloud-based system, to pivot to, you know, the, the online work when um, a lot of this for, for us, it's been, it has been more normal. And if like similar in my world, I remember when, um, cause my, as a business coach, my clients pay me out of the money that their business is making. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, in that, when, when their businesses were shrinking during the pandemic, then um, my, also my pay was shrinking. So like feeling that, and then uh, thinking about the, the pivot and then the, the, I guess the pivot, but also the perseverance through um, some of the challenges. Again, I, 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 it, you spoke to it, but I, I totally relate to um, going through that first. I think for, for me, it was like a, a, everybody was scared to spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so if people are spending money, then it, it, can, it, it, it hurts um, business. It hurts, it hurts business. It hurts business owners. Anyway, I'm um, saying all that, but I, I, I appreciate it and I see and I see how the strength of the your your youth and but then also that innovation and th- that work you put in, as you mentioned, to create your dream life where everything was already pretty much prepared mm-hmm. for y'all to keep moving forward. The, the next question I have for you is um, what has been the best way to market your law firm? So uh... I appreciate this question because we're, you know, we're a small law firm and we do a lot of the tasks still ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, not just the legal work, but a lot of the administrative and running the, the firm too. Um, and I'm sort of our marketing person too. So that's my other hat. Um, and I've experimented with a lot of things, but I feel like what really sticks in the minds of our clients and the people that we talk to are our videos. So we started doing like these little videos on mainly Instagram, um, sometimes on Facebook too, about like just like quick legal topics, like what is custody in North Carolina and like a quick, you know, rundown of what it is or why you should have an operating agreement for your business. So things that, you know, people like kind of know about, but, you know, they should know specific, you know, pieces of information about or things that people don't talk about. So a lot of business owners, they have an LLC, but they don't have an operating uh, agreement. And they're like, what is that? And it's like super important uh, to avoid problems in the future. So we do like these little videos and uh, we've fallen back a little bit from that because it's just been so busy with all the other work. But uh, a lot of people that like contact us, they're like, oh, I saw your video on this and this is how I found you or, oh yeah, I watched your video on this. So this is what I want to do. So it's been really helpful, not just for us, uh, you know, to get our names out there and to spread information out there, but also for the clients too. And thinking about when they come see us, like what specific questions they have or how they want to proceed with whatever they're going through. Yes. I think that's a, that's a great, it's a great tool um, that plugs you everywhere. It adds value to the, to your prospects. And then it, it also 
um, in adding value adds credibility and authority to what you do as an attorney. And so people begin building out that trust uh, for what you can do for them based on what you've showcased and your, your insight and experience. I love that. What it, uh, you, you were going to say something? Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, what advice would you offer someone just starting their law firm? Uh, I would say go for it. Uh, when we, before we even started, because we've been talking about this for years, right? Since we met, uh, I think about four years ago now, um, we decided, you know, this is what we're going to do. So people would ask us, because, you know, you, you get this question all the time when you're in law school. So what kind of law are you going to practice? You know, do you want to work in a big firm, small firm? Like, you know, what are your plans? So we would, you know, talk about it honestly, like, oh, we want to start a law firm. And we did get people who were like, oh no, you can't do that straight out of law school. You know, you have to get experience first or that's not a good idea. And so we were met with a little bit of resistance, you know, from certain people um, that didn't really deter my, my partner because she, you know, this was her plan all along. Uh, but that did kind of make me step back and be like, oh, should we get experience first? You know, should we do this? I feel like uh, if this is what you want to do, just, you know, go for it. Uh, and, you know, look for mentors. There are people, you know, out there who have done it, who are willing to talk to you, who are willing, you know, to connect with you and, you know, support you through this journey. Um, so I feel like if you want to open up your own law firm, like go for it. You don't, I'm not going to say you don't need experience or it's not going to be helpful, but if you know this is what you want to do eventually and you feel, you know, the confidence to start going, don't let other people saying, oh, you need experience or it's not a good idea to do it straight out of law school to stop you. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's almost like when I'm listening to you is, hey, the best experience to have a law firm <laughs> is to start a law firm and getting, <laughs> there is something about, I mean, I, the analogy that comes to my mind as I was listening to you, you know, you can tell to try to teach somebody how to swim who's not in the water. Hey, well, here's what the water feels like. Here's what you do with your legs. Here's what you do with your arms. You could, there's so much you can tell them out of the water, but eventually it's, well, get, get in the water, like, you know, get mm -hmm. in the water. And from there, I use what I'm hearing from you is, um, is learning as you go. And I think I always, whenever I hear that story, like what you just described, I hear courage. It was the courage to get in the water and learn as you go. And you are getting the experience um, by doing it, you know, um, and being on, being on the battlefield, uh, live and in action. Yeah. And I feel like both Ajane and I got really good experience in law school, you know, working for, um, we worked, we uh, worked with like uh, legal departments and like large companies so as an internship. We worked at like a small firm. Uh, I worked at one point at an immigration firm. So it's not like we didn't have any experience, but we pulled from those experiences and we were confident enough to say like, based on what we've seen, we know we can, you know, do this. And another thing is that we both worked in a clinic in law school where we actually like helped work on cases under a supervising attorney. So we knew, you know, what it was like, you know, to open up a file, to have the client contact, to do the work and close out the file. So it, having those types of experiences, you know, really help in building your confidence to know that you can do this. Mm -hmm. And also like connecting with other people. It's really important to have a mentor, someone you can, other than my partner, you know, because we confer all the time on like what's going on, but it's good to have an outside perspective too of like a more experienced attorney on like, oh, like I have this case, like I know that you also work in this area. Can I ask you a few questions? And you know, having the confidence to, you know, go to someone that's willing to help 
And another thing that we do too, is that we connect, we have, a, we started a group of other attorneys that have either their own firm or a small firm. And so we all get together too, occasionally to, you know, talk about what we're going through, not only like case wise, like, um, you know, like specific cases that, you know, we've worked on or that we need help on, but also in running the business, you know, what's working for you, we're doing this, is that working for you? What do you recommend? So it's really good to have like this network that you can turn to outside of, you know, your office as well. Mm, yes. I love that. I, I love the, 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 the highlight of the network of the mentor of people of asking questions, being this, um, being this lifelong learner and maximizing from those experiences in law school, that those really did prepare you for the next level. What, what has helped you establish work life balance as an attorney? So this is uh, one that I must confess on that I'm still working on. Um, it, I haven't quite found that right balance. I find myself uh, overworking, overextending myself um, most of the time. I do try to be better about it, you know, and figure out like, okay, this is my schedule. I need to schedule in some time for me, you know, or some time to spend with like my family or, you know, doing things that will refuel me because it's really easy, you know, to just keep going, keep going. And then you're like, tired and you just can't do anything because your body is like physically like okay you've officially run me aground but uh yeah I'm still working on this one but I am trying to be more intentional about like yes it's it's okay to work hard you know to put in the work to get what I want but uh also to have you know reserve time for me you know like mm -hmm. I think uh the last couple of weeks what I've been doing is because I must confess I'm I, I like the work and I like building up our business. So it's not, you know, something that I dread or that, you know, is difficult for me. It's just, I do get tired eventually. And it, I think I need to work on that awareness too, of being like, it's okay for you to do this, but you also have to rest in order for you to keep doing it. So the last couple of weeks, what I've been doing is taking times on the weekend and being like, I'm going to totally disconnect from work unless it's an emergency and just, you know, have time to refuel my body and my mind and to connect with other people outside of, you know, the work atmosphere. So mm -hmm. I think being really intentional about that is the key to go. Otherwise, yes. it can be really easy to find yourself, you know, overworking. Yes, yes. I love that you talk about intentionality. And I always respect people just sharing like the authentic journey, because sometimes outside looking in, people don't really know, you know, people don't know what Alexia's um, rest is like and a rejuvenation and being refreshed. I know my, uh, my wife will ask me about it. Like, like, how are you doing getting rest? And I'm like, well, I mean, rest. And I, I was like, I get refreshed from actually working. I mean, and that's what it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating dilemma you described for people who have the privilege of working in an area of passion of man. I, I, I get a lot of joy from the work, mm -hmm. but um, just to your point of um, as a business owner, you know, I, I, the way I describe it to people is every day has about 70 tasks to do, but I only got time for 40, mm -hmm. maybe 30. <laughs> so, so hopefully I'm picking the right 30 each day um, so that, you know, the way I can feel is so my life doesn't fall apart or the business mm -hmm. doesn't fall apart. But, um, but no, I, I really relate in, and identify with you know, striving to, to, to look for what that balance looks like or, or, um, or even taking care of, you know, health. Like, how am I doing with, with those elements as well? 
Yeah, it can be difficult. It can be difficult to find that balance and strike that balance and still feel like you're doing what you need to do to keep the business afloat. Because I mean, like you described, there's always going to be something that you could be working on, but you just have to like step back and be like, okay, I need to work on myself right now for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's something I still haven't achieved. I'm still working on, um, but uh, it, it's getting better. Yes, I, I appreciate and respect the authenticity there. <laughs> What is the best advice you received about being an attorney? Um, I think, I can't remember exactly who said this, but uh, it was in law school and somebody was saying, was describing it, that being an attorney is, is really powerful because you have the opportunity to help so many people, you know, um, get information that they otherwise wouldn't know how to look for or be able to access or even just thinking about my spanish speaking clients they you don't fully understand sometimes you know what is actually going on so there's so much power in being able to help people you know to really affect people's lives and not only that but there's so much power in also being able to decide you know this is what i want to do like yes you can go into a traditional firm you know and make your way up to partner if that's what you want to do. But you always have the option of being like, this isn't working for me. Let me start my own thing, you know, and kind of direct your life in that way. So I, I really like that because it's not just like we were talking about before the show about what people think about attorneys and, you know, what our lives are like. So like, yes, there is power in it, but there's power in it for good, you know, and being able to actually affect lives and help people like get information and being, you know, it's always it's always good to win, you know, when you get that like settlement agreement that you, you know, you want it's, it's always good to win. It feels good. But what feels better is when you're able to tell the client, like, this is how, you know, your life is going to change as a result of this win. So that's, that's power to me being able mm. to actually help people. Yes. I, I, I love hearing the stories um, because, you know, as uh, some attorneys have mentioned along the way that at times, you know, whether it's from the media or TV shows or whatever, um, sometimes um, attorneys have this one uh, perception or it's a negative perception, whether it's around greed or around cutthroat or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but to hear about the, the element of hope that, that you're passionate about, the hope you give to people, how you're able to positively transform lives. It's always that's always special for me to hear about. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, like things that we know how to do or that we take for granted because you know of the training that we've been through because of the schooling we've been through is is really something big to other people even like an expunction like that's something i learned to do in law school that i didn't think was a big deal you know and like search like the way we do it here like searching out someone's criminal record and filling out the petition and all this stuff it, it's easy work to me but it can have such a big impact you know on somebody who's like trying to apply for a job or trying to get uh housing you know so all these things that they wouldn't necessarily know how to do on their own, that's like really easy to me. There's power in being able to say like, yeah, I'll do it, you know, for free or, you know, what we do because we're really passionate about expansions too. It's not like our practice area, but we, my, both my partner and I really like doing them because of the power they have, you know, to change people's lives. And it's just amazing that that's like a byproduct of all the training we went through and the, even us owning this firm and being able to say, yeah, I choose to do this, you know, pro bono, or I choose to do this, you know, at a reduced price, because I know it's going to affect someone's life and not being confined to like, no, this is the work you have to, you know, that you're assigned to by like a partner or whatever. 
Mm, yes. I think that, that's, that's a beautiful thing to hear about impact. You know, I think naturally as business owners, you know, we, we're, 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 we want to make money. We want to do well for ourselves. And I think uh, many times that I'm talking to other business owners, there's, there's also this extra ambition to just want to help people, you know, just want to positively influence our culture, our environment, our communities. And that's what I'm hearing from you, which more power to you. Now, now in that space, I think on the tail end of that, let me ask you. So if somebody was listening in and they're like inspired by what you're doing, they're motivated to support you. If somebody was listening, they could do anything to support you, any, any way to, to, to help what you're building. Um, what would that be? What could they do? So if the podcast listener said, okay, Alexia, tell me what to do to help you. What would that be for, for them to go do? Um, I don't know. I mean, it sounds kind of shallow to say, but like, yeah, connect with us on social media because that's where we put out a lot of information. Like, that's also why we do the videos because it's like free information that we're putting out there to people who otherwise, otherwise, you know, can't pay for a consultation or something. So if you like watch our videos and you're like, oh, I didn't know that that's really helpful, then you could like share it and it can reach so many other people, you know, that, you know, they, they're going through like a custody issue and they don't really know what to do. And so they can watch some of our videos and be like, even if they don't come to us, right, to help them, then they kind of know what they need to do or what they should be on the lookout for. So that's why uh, I'm so passionate about like, uh, spreading legal information to everyone because that's not something that, yeah, you can like look it up on Google, but it's so much more than, you know, like looking it up on Google. So uh, there's like nuances specific to like each county and like there's so many other rules that people wouldn't know about. So that's why we try to make these videos. So if like, you know, connect with us on, on there and like share the videos if you think it's helpful or if you think that somebody could benefit from them. Perfect. I love that. All right. So remind us where um, where the law firm where Smith Dominguez is active, which platforms and what's the, the handle for those platforms? So we're mainly on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, we're at Smith Dominguez Law and on Facebook, we're Smith Dominguez PLLC. Got it. OK, great. All right, podcast listeners, let's go follow her on Instagram and let's go like her page. And and while you're over on the Facebook page, make sure you give her that five-star review on Facebook so mm-hmm. more people can find out about her. Let me ask you one question for us to close up the podcast. What are your, what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Um, I am really inspired by people who, you know, they know what they want, you know, and they like just unabashedly go after it people who are just unapologetically themselves and they're like, this is me, I'm confident in what I'm doing and who I am and what I want. So that, those are the people that I'm really inspired by and that have helped me grow, you know, personally um, to get what I want, to dream up this life, you know, that, that I want and to be able to like kind of let everything else fall away, you know, everything that's like not serving me, all, you know, everything that's like was holding me back. So I, I really love those people who just, you know, they're out there being who they truly are and just going after what they want. Mm. And one of those people is my partner, actually. She's not only my business partner, but she's like a really amazing friend. Like almost, I call her like mi hermana, you know, because she is like that and she inspires me on the daily, not only in our business, but just personally as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love the shout out, love the love with you you describing i think somebody goes after their their passions 
uh, their pet, their, their their dreams. It goes out, knows what they want. They go after it. Podcast listeners, um, that means that if you go after your ambitions, you you'll have a fan in Alexia. Alexia will be will, <laughs> will, will be a fan of yours. Um, of course, I'm always an advocate of people pursuing their dreams and going after what they want as well. Um, um, but but yes, Alexia, thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast. No, thank you for having me, Derek. It's been really great. All right. Well, if you're listening in, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Be sure to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And we, again, we thank you for tuning in, and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.